Welcome to another Art of Relationships podcast. I'm Chris Grace. And I'm Tim Muha. And we're just excited to have you join us for another opportunity to talk about all things relationships. And so go to our website, cmr.viola.edu. Check out all the other things we have. We have blogs, we have events, we have helpful videos and these podcasts as well. So Tim, uh, let's continue talking about relationships. Uh, one of the things I think is um, that we find out there are that people tend to make a lot of mistakes in relationships, especially during times of high conflict. And as we're talking about all relationships, uh, conflict is just going to be a natural part of it simply because we're made differently, right? Two people have different approaches to the world. They see things differently. But in uh, in saying that, what ends up happening is as we go through conflict, we can really do it well and navigate it well, but there are some common mistakes people make. So what do you think? Let's talk about some of the mistakes people make in this. um, And what do you have for us? Well, one we want to talk about is the the natural inclination for many couples when there's a problem is, hey, we just got to talk about it. And this is killing us, the finances, the kids' schedule, our schedule. So let's just talk this thing out. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's a good inclination, but sometimes it could be the absolute worst thing to do. Mm-hmm. If the climate isn't strong enough, if you don't have a strategy of how to talk about an issue, or what we want to talk about today is you've been talking about this thing and it is literally getting you nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's actually making things worse. Mm-hmm. So we want to advocate something we call a relational truce, which mm-hmm. means you just got to take a break from it. Uh, so tell me then, as we as before we get into this, tell me what you mean by climate. I, I think most people recognize that, but how do you know that? I mean, this isn't for every relationship that you need to gauge this, but for the most part, each relationship has its own climate, I would imagine is how you'd put it. That's right. And a climate is made up of roughly... Um, the amount of commitment between two individuals, Mm -hmm. the amount of affection between two individuals, the amount of acknowledgement, do we trust Mm -hmm. each other? Mm -hmm. Uh, And if those things are low, Mm -hmm. um, then talking about an issue is just not going to work. It'd be like like going on a picnic and the heat index is 110. Uh Well, can you go out and have a picnic in 110? It's not going to be very fun. It's not going to be very fun and and it'll be counterproductive. Mm -hmm. So a general climate... And again, we'll probably do a podcast or two on this, but I have a book called Marriage Forecasting that kind of lays out what a climate is. Mm -hmm. But generally speaking, every marriage, every relationship, roommate relationship, whatever, um, has this climate. And if the climate is bad, then talking about it just isn't going to work. Yeah. Okay. It's like going on that picnic in a 110 degree heat index. Yeah. So we need to call a truce Uh of talking about the issue because it's just not getting anywhere. Okay. It kind of reminds me of one of my favorite truces uh-huh. um, that I read about. Remember World War One? You have what they call trench warfare. You right. have two groups that are absolutely in intractable positions. And in World <laughs> War One, that actually happened. The British and the Germans were uh, stuck in these trenches, and yet Christmas came. Mm-hmm. And the very famous story, a totally true story, is that this German officer puts down his gun, gets up, and starts to walk across no man's land. Yeah. You can imagine every British gun is on him. Mm-hmm. And everybody's wondering, what in the world is this guy doing? Well, a British soldier decides, you know what? I'm putting down my gun. I'm walking out there and meeting him. Mm-hmm. And so they meet literally halfway in no man's land. And the German soldier says, look, it's Christmas. Mm-hmm. Uh, we can keep shooting at each other, but let's take a break. Yeah. And it actually became what is called the Christmas truce, Mm -hmm. and it actually lasted upwards to a month Mm -hmm. that they just took a break from fighting with each other Mm -hmm. and allowed 
you know, relationships to build a little bit. And that's what we're advocating is there just comes a time you've been taking pot shots at each other in the relationship. You've been talking about this issue all the time. And it might be good just to step back and take a relational truce. And this is how I define it. It's the decision to temporarily, boy, that's a key word, Mm -hmm. avoid controversial issues and overlook the offensive actions of each other as you seek to strengthen the overall climate of the relationship. Yeah, we, there's another kind of uh, model of taking a pause, right? Mm-hmm. Taking just hitting this pause button. And it's just, it, and that pause button is not only will we take a brief respite, but I need to do some things during this pause when I'm taking this respite. So let's, let me real quickly go back to the story though of the, of the Christmas truce. Yeah. It sounds like that takes a lot of trust. Yes. Uh, you, I mean, one person walking out there, my guess is if you don't trust that other person, yeah. you, are, you are walking out there thinking, what am I doing? I'm not sure going to go out there because this, this could be a ploy, this could be a trick, I could be manipulated, whatever. Yeah, and that's really good, Chris. Uh, and no doubt in the beginning, there was little trust. Right. I mean, this German We're officer. Just shooting each other. Yeah, right. and this British officer, I don't think they trusted each other at all. Right. And so they say, okay, we're going to do this. We're actually going to, and by the way, originally it just started Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. That's all they were going to do is stop shooting at each other for Christmas Day. Mm -hmm. And then it turned into the day after Christmas Mm -hmm. and another day and eventually a week after Christmas. And the truce actually continued. Tim, I would imagine the reason it continued is the humanizing fact uh, forces that come into play. uh, When I see somebody, and and when in our relationship, when we begin to see that other person, as an enemy, we have now started to work against them. Then yes, our trust yeah. is low. But instead, to lay down your weapon is a pretty uh, powerful visual illustration of what it means. Lay down a weapon in yeah. trust and see this person as on my side, or if not on my side, at least as trustworthy. And that's a big first step. It is a huge first step. And I, w- I would actually break it down into three steps okay. of how you actually do this. Let's say it's your roommate or it's your spouse or a child, right? Mm-hmm. To take a break. First step is this. You have to overlook an offense, when it mm-hmm. happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, you better believe in the Christmas truce. We, we actually know what happened through journals of soldiers. Mm-hmm. So during the Christmas truce, a- every once in a while, a nervous German or a n- nervous Brit would take a shot, a pot shot. Mm. And then you just wonder, okay, is the is truce gonna over? break? Yeah. yeah. And it didn't. It held for almost a month. Mm-hmm. So the same needs to be true in a relationship. Okay. The book of Proverbs has much to say about... <clears throat> overlooking an offense. Consider these verses from the book of Proverbs. A fool shows his annoyance at once, Mm -hmm. but a prudent man overlooks an insult. Mm -hmm. Here's another one. A man's wisdom gives him patience. Mm. It is to his glory to overlook an offense. Mm -hmm. I like this one. Do you see a man who speaks in haste? There is more hope for a fool Mm -hmm. than for him. So there is no doubt in this truce with the person um, that you've been having this disagreement with, sarcasm is going to slip or a person is going to take a pot shot, a verbal pot shot. Mm -hmm. At that moment, you have a choice just like the Brits and the Germans had. All right. Is this all out war now? Mm -hmm. You opened the door, right? Mm -hmm. I thought, hey, we said we weren't going to talk about this and you did. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a snarky comment. Mm -hmm. Gloves off. Are we back? Is it World Mm -hmm. War One all over again? Mm -hmm. So... A wise man suggests the book of Proverbs is you have to just be careful and overlook the insult. Man, that's hard to do, isn't it, right. Chris? Yeah, it is. I think because the the emotions are so raw and oftentimes yeah. so real 
that even though we feel like they've been buried for a while and maybe there's a little bit of built up resentment over time, nonetheless, mm-hmm. it's easy to get to that point. So I think that that's where the book of Proverbs gives us some models and some wise that's ways right. of approaching this. And it reminds me also of even Psalm 139, where David says, during that time, he said, search me, O God, and know yeah. my heart. Yeah. Try me and know my yeah. anxious thoughts. See if there's any hurtful way in me. So maybe that notion of pausing and overlooking something ought to be a opportunity for us to also search our own hearts, check our own anxious thoughts, what's going on. So that's step one. Yes. You have another step. Step two, uh, you actually alluded to it when we were talking about the Christmas truce, mm-hmm. is the German and the Brit, the, the two officers, it, it humanized them. Yeah. yeah. Right? No doubt there were horrible German stereotypes that yeah. the British had and the Germans had of the Brits. But then when you actually meet a person and they start to break some of those stereotypes. So step number two in, in a truce, a relational truce, I like what you said about searching your own heart, but also to say, Lord, help me to remember the positive yeah. qualities of this person. Interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. The roommate, you're roommates because you like each other. Yeah. We chose yeah. to be roommates. We chose to get married. Yeah. So sometimes when Noreen and I have found that we've been in this um you know, just lingering disagreements, yeah. you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, it's okay. Noreen's growing. She's maturing. <laughs> she, you know, um, uh, but to remember the good things. Uh-huh. And so Noreen and I often will say, we're not going to let the day end without complimenting each yeah, other. Yeah. And I think that's really good. I think that's positive to say, um, uh, I remember this about you. And I think it's really good. Boy, to ask the Lord to reveal not only you, but yeah. to reveal the goodness of that other person. You know, Tim, it, it reminds me of that, you know, ratio that uh, a lot of people have talked about that in good marriages and in good relationships, you're going to have a ratio of good, positive comments and thoughts towards somebody, right? At, at, a, at a rate of even five to one. Yeah. And, um, and so in doing so, we have to be prepared and willing to look at, I have just really not thought of this person in the most healthy way or, or thought of my friend or my partner yeah. or spouse. And, <laughs> and instead, when you start to look at that, am I really being positive and saying, sharing something much, you know, it's called positive sentiment override, right? Oh, and yeah. That positive sentiment override can really determine how healthy a relationship is, especially when times of conflict. And so watching for that. So what, so those are. Those are good two first steps. Well, let me let me just say about point number two. What you yeah. just mentioned, I think, is good. So, what I hear you saying is this truce mm-hmm. also has to be an internal yeah. truce. I think that's the right. The self talk yep. is that um, don't mistake what we're saying. In one hand, you've stopped arguing with that person mm-hmm. outwardly. But you could think, well, inwardly, it's fine. Yeah. I'm just going to let it rip. Yep. And I'm going to think negative thoughts and say negative things yeah. in my head. No, I think that's going to bleed out into the relationship. So this truth is also, as Paul would say, yep. I want you to learn to take every thought captive. Yeah. And again, this is what we said. It's going to take prayer. It's going to take uh, asking God to, to give me self-control to overlook things. Hey, the third thing is mm-hmm. this. Uh, when that uh, World War I truce happened, it, it wasn't that they just stopped taking shots at each other. Mm -hmm. But we know from journals of soldiers, they actually played soccer games. They exchanged gifts. They uh, sang Christmas carols with each other. So it wasn't the stopping of just the negative. It was also the cultivating of the positive that they did with each other. Yeah. What what ends up happening in that story for me is uh, you can just imagine it. You can can imagine yourself being there, that you're now laying a groundwork uh, of a way to make 
make this person almost like you. I, mm. I, I think we can dehumanize to a point where we think they 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 must eat their young. You know, yeah. they must kill whatever we believe. <laughs> these right. horrible rotten That's things right. about somebody, and then to realize, wait, they like soccer. Wait, they have Christmas trees. Yeah. Wait, they yeah. have a wife and a yeah. child back home that they care about. And all of a sudden, my guess is it just begins a whole new way of thinking about somebody, which is really our job, right? It's to change the way we think about somebody. And so the third point of the truce is st- try to find fun things to do together. Yeah. And I know yeah. that's hard because you have these hard feelings towards this person or you feel like we need to talk about this. But one of the best things you might do is um, watch your favorite television show together. Mm-hmm. And just laugh. Right, right. Uh, when you get up to get ice cream, yeah. just turn to your spouse and say, would you like some ice cream? Or turn mm-hmm. to your roommate, would you like some mm-hmm. ice cream? Um, there's a great jazz song called Slow Dance where mm-hmm. John Legend imagines this couple having an argument. And the guy says, listen, we, we, we have two options. We can fuss and fight and argue all night, the song <laughs> says, or we can slow dance. Oh, yeah. And I think that's great to say, hey, I know we're in the midst of this tension, but is there something we can do that would be fun or, or be a release valve that we can actually do? Because remember, these soldiers played soccer together. They, they just didn't stop shooting at each other. Yeah, you know, uh, one researcher, uh, in fact, we've talked about him in, him before in, on these podcasts, you know, is John Gottman, who has studied a little bit of this, talks about repair attempts oh. and that notion that when we, when we disagree, when we're in conflict, to be able to have what's called a repair attempt, any statement, any action, silly or otherwise, that prevents this negativity from escalating out of control, right? And so it really has been called sometimes the secret weapon of emotion intelligent couples because what it means is they have this ability to kind of not only in the moment of calling a truce but it has a way of blunting some of this emotional difficult pain and it reminds them of the strong friendships you know that they have and the fun that they shared together and they found that a good successful repair attempt is one of the primary factors as to whether a relationship or a marriage flourishes how good we are at doing those repairs how good we are at finding something fun like you said yeah i can i can think of an illustration of that chris you know in addition to Speaking at the Center for Marriage and Relationships co- marriage conferences going deeper, right. Noreen and I speak at Family Life Marriage Conferences, right. Dennis Rainey's group. So, and we've been doing that for 20 years. Right. So you can imagine couples having arguments on the way to the conference. Oh, yeah. Imagine having an argument on the way to speaking <laughs> at the conference. So, you know, it, uh, of course that's going to happen over 20 years. Well, there was a time we were just, Nori and I aren't yellers, mm-hmm. but we just weren't talking to each other. We, and mm-hmm. we were miffed, mm-hmm. right? Well, guess what? It's seven o'clock, mm-hmm. Friday night. You need to be in the ballroom. Mm-hmm. There's like 800 people waiting for you and family life doesn't care <laughs> that the Muehlhaus aren't particularly doing well. Get down there and mm-hmm. speak about marriage. <laughs> So Noreen and I are both looking at the clock, you know, and so as we're walking out of the hotel room, I try a repair mm-hmm. uh, initiative mm-hmm. and I looked at her and I said, hey, hold my hand. It's our job. <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? I wouldn't say she laughed. 
left. <laughs> but she <laughs> smiled yeah. and yeah. held my hand. And you know what she did? A repair, uh, a repair thing in reply. Yeah. She held my hand, but squeezed it really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which is exactly what yeah. he's saying. That is, yeah. So, and, and that's kind of risky. Humor is always a little bit risky when yeah, there's yeah. tension. Yeah. But now that's become a running joke with us. Yeah, that's great. As we walk hold my hand. Hold hold job. Job. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> so um, I love the idea of those repair yeah. uh, techniques. Now, yeah. let's talk about one objection to this. Okay. And the objection would be, okay, I want to call a truce. Mm -hmm. My spouse doesn't. Right. I'm up for calling the truce, but my roommate won't. Okay. Well, uh, the good news from marital research is there's actually a lot of things you can do all by yourself mm -hmm. that your spouse or your roommate doesn't have to join you in. Uh -huh. It's interesting when the Apostle Paul talks about this in Romans. He says, listen... Evil can be overcome, mm -hmm. but it's overcome with goodness. Uh -huh. And then he says, hey, when you're cursed, I want you to actually bless that person. Mm -hmm. And in the Greek, the word bless means speaking well of a person. Yeah. So you can actually enter into a truce mm -hmm. with your roommate, even mm -hmm. if your roommate isn't agreeing to it. Mm -hmm. So in other words, I can say, you know what? I'm not going to speak ill of my roommate today. Uh -huh. I'm not going to do it. Mm -hmm. Even if your roommate is snarky with you mm -hmm. or sarcastic and there's a dig, I can still apply the book of Proverbs and overlook the offense. Mm -hmm. And Paul's actually saying, hey, just don't overlook it. Mm -hmm. I want you to actually bless that person. Mm -hmm. So I can mm -hmm. um, say, hey, thanks for uh, cleaning up dishes. Mm -hmm. Um, thanks for, you know, this or that. Mm -hmm. And the other person can say, well, somebody had to do something in this apartment uh -huh. and you just don't bite on it. Yeah. Uh -huh. It takes two people to quarrel. It mm -hmm. really does. Mm -hmm. And one of us can just abstain mm -hmm. as you try to do these repair mechanisms mm -hmm. and increase the overall climate of the relationship. Yeah. Uh, you know, one of the things related to taking this pause might be that when couples are not in conflict in, in, a, in a healthy part of a relationship, and especially as it gets a little bit stronger, uh, and it, let's say it's it moved it's moved now beyond a friendship. Now maybe we're talking about let's say a marriage relationship. To have these kind of conversations before the conflict, mm. that is, you say something like, you know. Whenever we're in conflict, one of the things that helps me is to be able to pause, to be able to yeah. take time, to be able to take a day or 24 hours, you know, to set that up ahead of time can be extremely helpful for couples because it reminds them during the heat of the argument to say, wait a minute, do you remember when we said we we're going to get on to this point? We had agreed that we are going to take 48 hours to pause. Yep pray, and then proceed. And then what we would do during that time. So that's another way you can do this is set up these rules almost of engagement ahead of time um, be before the conflict overwhelms you. We have a fancy word for that in comm theory. We call it meta communication, yeah. which simply is communication about yeah. your communication. Yeah. And I love that laying the ground rules mm -hmm. long before the conflict is happening. And again, you're, you're wise to say you can't do that in the middle of the argument. Mm -hmm. You can't right. just stop and say, oh, by the way, yeah. I have a new rule. <laughs> this right. rule is. Right, right, right. Um, so you, you have to wait. But I, I do love the idea of saying after an argument is over mm -hmm. to say, hey, you know, what might have been better? Yeah. Or at least for me, this might have been better if we if we could have taken a, a break or if we could have bracket or keep yeah. it focused on just one issue and not adding everything not else. Add yeah. we, we really have uh, learned from, like you, just going to conferences, talking with couples, and a lot of them share some of the things that have been very 
helpful to them. And one couple, I remember saying that they agreed ahead of time that they would uh, work at she was a very good external processor. She could just process these things on the fly. He really had a hard time just talking about, he felt overwhelmed a lot. In yeah. fact, he almost felt like he was getting emotionally, physiologically flooded. And so in so doing, he needed time. Well, they agreed. Anytime one of these issues came up, she would go ahead and email him one or two issues that she was most interested in talking about. And he would take that 48 hours to think through his answer pause, pray about it, but have the space and the time. And that's the, kind of one of the rules they came up with was very helpful because then they yeah. both agreed and knew how to proceed at this point next. Tim, during a time in which you take this pause, let me ask, what what are some helpful things that you have seen in couples as they process this? Because here, let me here's the specific question. We've had people say, oh, I love to take, you know, a pause because, you know, I can avoid it, right? I, I, I don't want to have this issue come up as much, but mo mostly I, I need this pause it, for positive reasons because it gives me this ability to get my thoughts together. Is it true, do you think, that some men just get overwhelmed with this, that they're maybe not as good verbally processing this? And, and again, I'm not talking about all men and I'm not talking about all women because, frankly, we my relationship is a little bit different. In my marriage, Elisa needs a little bit of time to get her thoughts together. She likes to wait, pause, huh. think, and I like to just talk right away. Yeah. And so I've had to agree to say, yeah, Elisa, let's do this. Let, get, take some time. Go think about it. She, what she likes to say is she loves to go and pause, pray, and then proceed. She gets her heart right. Sometimes that takes a day or sometimes it takes, but each of us have to call, you know, time back in. You know, you can't just take it that way. So do you think it's true that some people are just better at verbally processing, you know, those, and, and they can do that on the fly? And then what would you recommend for couples or people that are matched up like that, where they might have a difference in the way they approach or see problems and especially dealing or talking about conflict or problems? Yeah, I have a friend of mine, Tim Downs, who talks about two types of communicators. One is, um, the journey is what's important, mm -hmm. is let's journey together and oh, talk great. about yeah. this and process yeah. and yeah. and uh, let's share ideas and let's work it out. Let's yeah. talk and yeah, work yeah. it out. He, the other group he calls the land the plane people, yeah, yeah. which is I... I want to land the plane, <laughs> and right now you're talking so much I can't even know what direction I'm flying yeah, in. Yeah, that's good. Well, what we have to say is that not one is better than the other. Yeah. And yeah. they're both preferences, Yeah, but, but those preferences have to work in harmony with each other. So over time, the Apostle Paul does say, I want you to give preference to one another. Mm -hmm. So I, I would say if I talk about me and Noreen, Noreen is a verbal processor, Mm -hmm. So when we talk about an issue, she really does want to talk it out. And sometimes yeah. she's working her thoughts out yeah. in real time. Mm -hmm. And I'm much more the stoic German who, let me think about this, and I want to put my thoughts together, yeah. and I'm not ready to talk about this right now. Yeah. So we got to find a way to make it work for both people. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the art of relationships. That's yeah, why we that's call right. it this. And so... Uh, we have to think about it. What would you throw in? What would you well, kick in? Well, I, I think one of the issues... I, I think that's really important, first of all, is that we recognize these differences. One other thing I think that happens during this pause time, and when I'm having these conversations, I really... 
get distracted by other things, or especially if the other person is distracted yeah. or doing two things. So I'll oftentimes say this, well, I'll bring up a topic and Elisa will be, you know, cleaning the kitchen and she's kind of cleaning the kitchen and, and I'm sitting there wanting to talk and she keeps cleaning and cleaning and she's talking. She's fully engaged with me, paying attention, but I don't see her eyes or she's looking at something else. And so I just say, Lisa, I, I, can I just, we need to have a com- <laughs> conversation where there's no distractions. Yeah. Let's wait. I'll wait until you're done, then let's talk. And so she'll say, oh, no, Chris, you're right. Let me, let me put this down here, and then now we can engage. So I think sometimes another important pause that people in relationships can really start to put into play is minimizing distractions for somebody who really wants to focus and who can get distracted pretty easily. There, there's no way a pause can really take place. If you're just going to say, you know, I'm going to take a pause from the conflict. I'm going to go watch sports for a while. Yeah. There's a good thing to that, a walk, take your mind off of this. But it's also a time to, for you to be able to set up a period of time in your heart, in your soul, in your mind, as a wise person would, to pause and reflect and to think. Yeah, and I think that's good, Chris. There is, in my mind, a difference between a pause and a truce. Yeah. A a pause can happen within a conversation as we're talking about something. We just know we need to release the pressure valve. Yeah. A truce is more the decision, hey, this pause is going to last two days, three days a week. Yeah. uh, Because we just need time to work on the climate. And I think that's good. It also occurs to me that a uh, a truce may be more difficult for the verbal processors Mm -hmm. than it is for the people who just need time to reflect. They might say, shoot, give me two weeks to think about this issue? (laughs) Done. (laughs) Where the processors are like, well, I I need to talk about this. No, you've said we're not talking about it. So just know that that could be different uh, and and harder for different personality types. But it's still a great idea, (laughs) something to have in your repertoire as you approach conflict. Well, there's a lot more to talk about this. So uh, we need to continue with another podcast, uh, Tim, on ways in which we can go through uh, calling a truce during a time of conflict and some of the pitfalls that come up, because yeah. I think you got some that are hitting our way. So we're going to call it a pause right now. In fact, <laughs> it's been a great talk, a great opportunity to talk about conflict. So thanks for joining us on this Art of Relationship podcast uh, with Dr. Tim Mielhoff. I'm Dr. Chris Grace. Come to our center's website, cmr.viola.edu, and come check out some of the things we have there. And uh, next time, we'll continue this and look at some things related to pitfalls related to truces and times apart. So, hey, Dr. Mielhoff, good talking with you. Great talking to you, Chris. All right, we'll talk to you next time. Bye. Bye.